Warning, this podcast may contain bad language and content that some listeners may find offensive. This time, maybe there isn't a gag at the beginning. Tangy gag reflex. Welcome to the Seesaw Podcast, the Tea and Cleaves. Each week, offering up a bloody perspective on life. Welcome to episode 13, Cleves. Unlucky for some. Not for us. This will be the one that will make us. I have things anyway. Alright. Uh, pretty solid week. I did one special thing actually where I was eating a fajita and um, just ate my own finger. Bit it. Just bit my own finger. Was that today? No. <laughs> that was a few <laughs> days ago. I had fajitas again today and I was more cautious. Ah, it was just a special thing. I was at work, I don't know, I was just, just eating a wrap for lunch, and then next thing I know, I was biting my own finger. Did you draw blood? Yeah. Fucking hell. But that was a hard bite. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm chomping down to go, go hard. Wow. That, that is special. <laughs> it is pretty special, yeah. I mean, I don't suppose you need to have a tetanus booster if it's you who bites yourself. Yeah, I don't know what I've got. Yeah, but it's already in you. So it wouldn't matter, would it? You're not going to get double rabies. <laughs> How about you? How's things? Yeah, fine, fine. Busy week, but good, productive. I like being busy. Busy doing what? Working, um, but then being a little bit healthier recently. So with sort of exercise and diet, trying to shake off the I'm allowed to get fat and miserable while I'm not allowed to leave the house. Eating less sausage? Well, you can never eat less sausage, can you? You can cut down. You can do, but sausages are delicious. Mm. Especially if they're square. Nah. I always thought you were more of a pork sword kind of guy. Never had one. Never had a pork sword? No, nah, they're usually just cocktail sausages. But shall we move on to the topic of the week? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. This week, I thought it would be good if we chatted about books. Nerd! <laughs> so <laughs> I knew it was coming as well. I don't know yeah. why. I just had that in the chamber waiting for it. We discussed this. Yep. You knew it was coming. Tell you what, though, when I was growing up, when I was at school, there was a, a guy from Yorkshire, he was a teacher, and he used to pronounce it books. Oh, and we yeah. used to find it hilarious to think he was a bit of a freak. And it's like, look how juvenile kids can be. It's like such a stupid thing to take the piss at someone for. Or you say books instead of books. Yeah. So like, just say how you have a, how you want, but as your kids are oh, oh, dickhead, look, you can't even say the word right. Is that ironic that you should take the piss out of him when you add R's to words? Yeah, but if you went down to where you went down south, you'd be weird for not putting them in. So books, books. If we talk about how we consume books, everyone's probably heard of Audible, and I think that's the main one that we both use, isn't it? I use Audible. Yeah, I never. For, I never did for a long time. Then I decided to give it a go one day, and Audible is pretty okay. Is that the best you're going to give it? <laughs> yeah. There's too many parts of it that I'm really... I like some of the features, but then others I'm just a bit pissed off with. What parts do you like? Do you like the book part? I like the fact that it has books. And I also like that it has a good range but that's another one of the reasons that, that goes into one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of Audible, where Audible region locks 
certain books and not even controversial books. An example of this, I was listening to a podcast and now and again they'll have like a, a book club and they'll say, okay, this is the book and then in a month's time on the podcast we're going to go over this. So go to Audible or whatever because they're sponsored by Audible as well. And they say, go get this book. And one of the books they had was one called Devil in the White City. It's all about the World's Fair, like in Chicago, like a hundred odd years ago. Right, with the Sun's Fair. Well, it's the Wig Sphere. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's sort of about the fair, but also about sort of, I think it was like a dramatisation of a guy who was, like, he was a serial killer around the time he had a big house and he would have people stay with him and he'd kill them and he'd made up this house to be like an efficient way of killing people and getting rid of the bodies. I don't know if it's true. But it was, it's just an interesting book. Try searching it on Audible, can't find it. It's just not there. But they had Audible links for it in America, because it's an American podcast. And it's like, well, why is this region locked? It's not controversial. It's like, uh, it's a piece of fiction grounded in factual events. It was about a serial killing, though. Yeah, but you can find any, no, go on to Audible, and the homepage is full of serial killer books. Yeah, true. I don't know why this one was different. And I'm just... And this wasn't even the first book. There was other books that they've recommended. I'm just... It's just not on there. I just think, why aren't they on there? You're on the American side. And even if you use a VPN to change your location, it still doesn't work. Because Amazon's really sneaky and they can read VPNs. But other than that, the range is pretty good. So what do you like about Audible? Cheaping it. Like eight quid a book. Assuming that you get one book a month. Eight quid a book. Download it, it's on your phone, it's on the go, listen to it in the background. I used to do a lot on my way to work and things like that. You don't have to actually sit down and read it anymore, do you? I kind of like that because I can't really read. I'm not illiterate. Because of the the blinkiness, I can't really read. So I do like it because of that. I can't read books anymore, but I can read a Kindle if the print's enlarged. That's fair enough. I I just get really tired. My eyes get really tired. So I can't really do it for a long time. I kind of reserve my reading vision for work, where I get paid. Yeah, you set yourself a little bit of special time on a Saturday and a Sunday. Have a little half-hour read of a book. Sit down. Yeah, but what close you up with a good Kindle? I suppose, but what I can read in half an hour with my shitty vision, an audio an audio book will do in two minutes. So why am I going to do that? Well, you might like the challenge. If I want a challenge, I'll get a Rubik's Cube. But I, I think it's I think it's a good-ish service. There's it's loads hard. of versions of books as well. You get special guest narrators and stuff like that as well. You do, but you also get some shit narrators sometimes. I've fallen for a trap of picking a book with like the wrong narrator and it's not being the main one and it's just someone who's just reading the book out loud and they're shit. Yeah, you can send it back there, can't you? Yeah, that's quite good. The returns policy is really good. And I've done that a fair few times. <laughs> for stuff that I just don't like, or the narrator's a bit shocking. That can make and break a book. And I've returned books based on narrators as well. I think sometimes they're fantastic, and sometimes they are abysmal. I, I don't mind the narrator doing different voices and stuff like that. But like when they put in effort, you can tell they're decent. I think that makes the experience a lot better. There are good ones out there and there are shit ones. And there's been a few that were so atrocious that after half an hour I returned the book. And 
that's annoying because there was another version of that book with a different narrator. So I just can't read that book now. Maybe you could. Hmm. Yeah, no, I got nothing for you on that one. Pretty screwed. Sorry, man. Yeah. It's a shame. Persevere? <laughs> no, I, I persevered through some before, and I, I don't... Sometimes you do get to, to know the narrator, and you, you learn to not get used to them. But the, these ones, some of them were just so bad that I was just... No. I wasn't sound like a 12-year-old boy. It might have been. <laughs> might have been, but not interested. And like the character work was so over the top. That I was just like, no, no thank you. And that book, as well as that entire book series, because it was a trilogy, but no, can't, can't listen to it anymore. Maybe you could pay someone £7 to read the entire thing to you. I'd be really stretched to find someone who's going to put in that amount of time for £7. Pay me £7 every 15 minutes and I'll do it for you. I don't want to read the book that much. <laughs> I, not, can, I can even do some character work. I can't guarantee it'll be good. I'm no offence to you or your superb acting talent, but I am going to go out on a limb and say it will be shit. When have you ever seen me act? Never. But exactly. At this point, it could be great or it could be shit. It's fifty-fifty, uh, fifty-fifty gamble. I'd assume that if you were good, then you would have made a career out of it. So, tell you what I hate about audiobooks. Go on. In particular, Audible. So, I'll firstly acknowledge that, yes, it's £8 a month and you get a token which entitles you to any book. And also, you can buy three tokens for £18 usually, which works yeah. like out £6 a book. £2 saving per book. Yep. I will acknowledge this, but if you don't want to subscribe to Audible, audiobooks are astronomically expensive for no reason. So we were looking at this last night, and we both read the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan, fantasy epic. Nerd! <laughs> it's nerdy, but it's good. Good books. Yeah. There are lots of them, though. So the first book in that series, a paperback of it is £7. A Kindle version is £5. Bargain. If you want an audio like an Audible book version of it, without using a token on Audible or getting their subscription, £40. Yeah, not so much of a bargain. The thing is, it's just like Kindle. They already have the file. They're just distributing a file, and they're not producing anything. Like, you're not like a book where you have to actually print it and bind it and stuff like that, where it actually has cost to it. Good advertising for Audible, though, isn't it? 40 quid a book or buy it for eight when you subscribe to Audible. But I resent that. I resent that they push you into subscription, which is really hard to cancel. Yeah. Like the amount of times that I've had to Google and go down a rabbit hole to learn how to cancel my... Cancelling any Amazon subscriptions, boy. Yeah. They needlessly make it difficult. They, they guilt you out of it as well. Are you sure you want to get rid of all these amazing benefits? If you click yes, your life will be made worse by not having this subscription. Are you sure you want to sink into a spiral of depression without Amazon in your life? Click here. Yeah. And especially with Audible, they'll, they'll have like four different offers that they'll give you yeah. when you're trying to cancel. And if you cancel and take one of those offers and up, and like you're like, oh, well, I'll just do that. Like I did for the first time I cancelled, they're like, 
oh, well, I'll give you half price for the next three months. I thought, okay, fine. It's gonna, it's cheap for like tokens. I could use them. And they got me back into it. But then when I cancelled recently, because I haven't had a need for it or no, nothing I wanted to read particularly, that offer wasn't available. It's like blanked out. And there's like, you can just go through the offers and they get blanked out each time. Which yeah. I, I suppose is fine, but some of them are terrible offers. <laughs> well, one of them is like 20% off any book. It's like, what, a book that's 40 quid? That's not a good deal. Yeah. Because you've, you've inflated the price artificially anyway. Even with eight quid off, it's going to be way more expensive than using the credit. Yeah. I think Audible books should cost the same as Kindle books. Yeah, I think that's fair. You, like you say, you're only distributing a file at the end of the day. Yeah. If the Kindle version costs £5, the, audible, the audiobook should also be £5. And you know what? I'd buy a lot more books, like just off the cuff, because I'd go onto Amazon and just go, like, oh, click, done. Because I go, oh, I want that book. And if it's only five quid, I'll just buy it. Like, that's fine. Without having to f- mess around with tokens or wait for my token at the end of the month or buy free for £18. What if I don't want free? What if I just want that one book? Yeah. What if I don't want the subscription and it's just a book that I might need for work while I'm doing like a training course and it's a fiver? Well, why is it going to be like anything from like 20 to 40 quid? I think it's unacceptable. You could buy a Kindle version of it and then ask your Alexa to read it in its little robot voice. I don't have an Alexa. I suppose I could do it, but the, the quality is always going to be like... Oh, it's not going to be the same as having an actual narrator. No. Yeah. I suppose if it has to be done that way, that's fine. I suppose for factual books, I wouldn't mind doing that. But if it's like a novel... Oh, yeah, it's not going to immerse you in a world of fantasy. No. And I think that's that's the problem, isn't it? What's your other option, though? There is one other option that I have had a trial of before. I think it's called Scribd. Basically, the Netflix of audio books. You pay £6 a month, but you get like a big library of books. Oh, does it have stuff you actually want in there, though, or is it like Netflix, where you watch so much stuff for the first two months and then you basically just spend the rest of the time flicking through, hoping there's something that you like? It's basically the, the latter. <laughs> like You might find that there's something that you want to read on there, but a lot of the stuff on there you're not going to be interested in. My, my issue with Scribd, isn't that the range is limited and they can take it away, like they take things off and add more things on, like Netflix, because they have limited server space. So if you're in the middle, halfway through a book, they'll take that off. You don't get to finish it. That's unfortunate. You, you need to finish it before the changeover. Yeah. The issue I have is I always sort of listen to one book at a time. If you're listening to a book like a, a big sort of like fantasy epic, Sometimes they're 30, 40 hours. And if you've got other stuff to do, like working and things like that, it might take you a month to get through that book. So you're basically just getting the audible experience with less range. Yeah, true. Slightly cheaper, though, what you're saying. Yeah, very slightly. <laughs> and that's dependent if they have the book that you want. Exactly. At least you know Audible's probably going to have it, unless for some reason they've region locked it mm. for no reason. So, not perfect. I'd, I'd give it a three, three out of five, Audible. I like a lot of its stuff, but there's so much there that it's just oh. frustrating. 
I'd give Audible a bit more than that. I'd probably give it a four and a half. Fair. So you still read a Kindle? Yep. Have it on big, fat, large print. And every now and again, yeah, I like to sit down and actually have a read. Maybe for half an hour or so. I do find that enjoyable, or is it a challenge? Or... No, no, it's pretty easy for me, as long as I've got the print on, like, high high size, large size. Yeah. Then it's fine. It's not like reading books. I can't read physical books anymore. Um, the Kindle's backlit as well, so it makes it much easier to see. Obviously, you don't have that with a book. You have to have light, obviously, to read yeah. it. Yeah. Not like they glow. Uh they do have a version that doesn't have a backlight. I think it's like paper white or something. Yeah. Apparently they're quite good if it's really bright outside. Yeah, that's fair. I, I can't use Kindles. And this is why I get annoyed about the price of audiobooks and all, all these other things, because I haven't got an alternative. So that's my service. If I want to read, I only have one choice. Yeah. Where you can push through a Kindle version of something. If you don't like a narrator, you could push through that book on your Kindle. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I can't do that. It's just, I can't read the book. Which... I'll read it to you. £7 every 15 minutes. <laughs> no. Okay, let, let, let's move on. <laughs> so I think that's a good segue. So let's talk about some books that we've enjoyed, books that we haven't particularly enjoyed. Tell me one that you've enjoyed first before we go on to the the fun part. We've, we've touched on it briefly, but I enjoy The Wheel of Time. I will also admit I'm a bit of a nerd and don't mind some fantasy saga stuff. Probably one of my favourite books, though, or my favourite author would be George Orwell. 1984, classic book. I read it recently again on Audible, just because I was getting so disillusioned with how shitty the country is, and I thought, oh, I wonder how much our country is now actually like 1984. Turns out quite a lot. Yeah. The things that he mentions in 1984 are extremely similar to the stuff that we've got going on now. It's just done in slightly different ways. Like they have a telescreen in every single house that is monitored. Mm. The only difference is with ours now is it's an Alexa or a Google Home or some sort of device or a phone that's monitoring everything you say and listen. I was going to say, like your phone you carry with you. Yep. So, so they're always there. to be in a room. That's what I mean. They have like little microphones hidden in bushes and stuff so that people can listen to you. And potentially, whilst it's not the government, instead it's large corporations that, in a lot of sense, have more power than government. Oh, definitely. So it's just things like that. And it's having a certain way in doing and acting and thinking, which is police, like thought police again. Whereas now it's really, it's, we have the same sort of thing now. It's just people ashamed into it through social media and other avenues. So they're so much similar. It's just it's just done in different ways. It's just weird to think that Orwell predicted this years and years and years ago. What about a book that you like? A lot of books similar to what you've said. Uh, I think we have similar tastes. A bit nerdy. I've read the Game of Thrones series. It's okay. I would say. How it's... does it end? Well, it doesn't, does it? <laughs> You've had enough time, Martin. You've had enough yeah. time. It ends better than the pissing show. Yeah. But I'm not one of these nerds who go, oh, it wasn't like the book. Like, I know we, when the show was on, I would let you know how things happened in the book just as a reference point, but I don't care one way or another. I don't think they're particularly well-written books. And before reading other sort of like dark fantasy novel series... I think if that's what you've read, it's quite good. But you realise how 
much it borrows from other authors and George R. R. Martin, how much he borrows and how much of a mediocre writer he is. I'm not saying he hasn't done good things, but he's a bit of a mediocre writer and he does heavily borrow from others, which is fine. That's how inspiration works. But I would say he's probably not even, those books aren't even in the top five. Like out of even just like the fantasy books I've read. Best fantasy series you've read? For the long haul, Wheel of Time, you can't really beat that. No. It is long though. The 14 books, some mm. of them are ginormous as well, which could be split into two, maybe three books. But it is an excellent series. I mean, there's a reason why Amazon are making it into a show. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I am. I just hope that they can get past the whole people accusing it of being a Game of Thrones knockoff. Even though the first book was written years before. So, Wheel of Time, great series, but you need you need a year to get through it, even if you're a fast reader. But I'd say it's worth it if you're into that sort of thing. If you like things like Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, you enjoy these. If you just want sort of a smaller one, I know there's a fair few of them now, but The First Law, great series, that's the second. So there, there's three, well, there's two trilogies and then there's like two books in the third trilogy. And they're really good books because they, they put a lot of the tropes on their head and the character, like the character work is really good. Very gritty. It defies a lot of the conventions and tropes, which I really like. Uh, the Lies of Locke Lamora in the Gentleman Bastard series. I think the first book is fantastic. The second one is okay and the third one is kind of shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think you can read the first book and forget about the other two. Yeah. It isn't as though it really leaves on a big enough cliffhanger to really matter. The first book is very much self-contained and then the second and third book kind of run on to each other. The second book has a bit of a cliffhanger which you want the third book for. So the third book does pretty much nothing to answer. It doesn't really. The third book is just a bit shit. Yeah. Boring. Um, I would put that on one on the list of some books that I really haven't enjoyed. But if you're going on if you're going on holiday and you just want like a gritty something different. Yeah. Like a, a novel that's a little bit different. Lies of Lock Namora, you can't go wrong with that to be honest. And if you want to do the second book, fine, you'll probably enjoy it. Third book you probably won't. They're they're good books and the first one was really original. Uh, I've also read recently The Shining and Doctor Sleep. A lot better than their film equivalents. Definitely worth a read. So, books I don't like. Are there any big books you read that you don't like? Like, I don't know. What do you... Do you ever read, like, Lord of the Flies or um, To Kill a Mockingbird or anything like that? When I was younger. Don't really remember them. No, okay. So I can't really comment on that. I had more sight back then as well, so I actually read them and not really audible books, which I consume now. And that sort of pushed out the old stuff I know. I watched Ghost, uh, watched, read Ghost Set of Watchmen recently, like the sequel to, to Kill a Mockingbird. Turns out Atticus is not as holy than thou as you thought. Recommend it? Um, it's not as good as To Kill a Mockingbird, but it's interesting in the sense that there's no real flaws in the characters in the first one, whereas in Ghost Set of Watchmen there is. That's fair. Probably you, the most interesting part about it. You want flawed characters because you can relate to them. Everyone has a flaw and a ceiling. So I can't really think of any other books that I 
I've really out and out despised. I mean, like I said, there's been a few that I've just returned because the narrators were so shocking, but that's no comment on the books. It just comes out to the narrator. Nicely segues to mine, though, because there is a book that I despise. Yes, there is. And I got it as part of a, a three... It was one of those three-pound deals off Audible. You know, every now and again, they give you this book. Oh, but it's book three pounds. And I was like, oh, it's three books in one. So you've got Jekyll and Hyde, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and Frankenstein. Let's cover the, the other two first before we go on to that last one, which I know you want to talk about. It was like a little gothic trilogy. So Jekyll and Hyde, don't mind that, actually. Man drinks potion, becomes the worst parts of himself. That's it, pretty so, much. So basically an allegory for alcoholism. <laughs> Bit of drug use. Yeah. Um, but it's all right, yeah. It's relatively short as well, which I didn't mind. Then Dracula starts off great. Starts off in Romania. Guy goes to Dracula's castle in Transylvania. You know, he meets Dracula. He's like, oh, this guy's a bit weird, a bit freaky. You know, he's climbing up the walls. He's nibbling on people's necks, that sort of thing. And then the guy just goes home and he pisses about in England for about 20 freaking years. Not physical years in the book, but it just felt like that reading it. And then it's like, oh, I'm Dracula, I'm coming to England now. <laughs> and then he out his whip. Yeah. And then the Castlevania series was born. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, Dracula comes over and he, he nibbles a few people in England. And um, the, the, basically the guys just piss and moan about it for three quarters of the book. And then Dracula leaves England... And then they follow him back to Transylvania and they kill him. Spoiler. So, like, the very first part is quite interesting. Then it's boring for three quarters of the book. And then they go to Transylvania and it's quite a good ending. I don't think you have to say spoiler on a book that's like 100 years old. Yeah, true. If you've not seen a Dracula film at this point. Yeah. And if you say, if you say to yourself, oh, I was going to read that and you just spoil it for you. No, you fucking weren't. It's been out 100 years. What are you playing at? Yeah. Also, I would recommend reading the first four chapters and the last four chapters. The bit in the middle, you can pretty much skip. You could summarise that in two sentences, and that's they fuck around for a bit, and then Dracula goes back to Transylvania. There you go. Uh, the third book, then. Yeah. The third book, Frankenstein. It's, it's so bad. It's so shit. Like, I can't even describe how bad that book is. Basically, the first third of it is, Hi, I'm Dr. Frankenstein. I have a really boring job. Then I go to boring university. Then I become a boring doctor. And then for some reason, I make a monster. Not really sure of the reasons behind that, actually. And then he pisses and moans and whines about how he's made that monster. Then the monster runs off. Then he's like, Oh, I should should probably go and find that monster, actually. That seems like something to do. And then... Eventually, he chases after it, spends a lot of time in the book doing that. And um, when he does, he's like, oh, hi, I'm Frankenstein. I'm going to tell you about my miserable life now for the next third part of the book. So let me tell you about my boring life, where I basically just sit and hide in a little hovel and watch people talking. And that's how I learned to read and write and, oh, the pain of it all. And all that sort of shit. And then just, like... Dr. Frankenstein's like, oh, do you know what? Yeah, I'll make you a wife because you're moaning and bitching about being lonely. And then halfway through, he's like, oh, actually, no, I don't think I probably should do this because, you know, we've already let one freaky monster re- released one onto the world. Why would I release another? And then Frankenstein's monster didn't like that. 
He's like, right, that's it. On the eve of your wedding night, I'm going to come back and kill your wife. And he runs off into the night. And then it's just more of Frankenstein pissing and moaning like, oh no, what shall I do? The monster's out there. Maybe I should get him. I don't know. In the meantime, he's like, oh, I'll get married. And then on the on the eve of his wedding night, he's like, oh, maybe that monster will be back. Who knows? And he leaves his newlywed wife upstairs for like 10 minutes, comes back upstairs. The monster's been through the window, killed her. And he's like, oh no, it happened. He said he would come back and he did. Well, the pity of it all. Again. It's like it's just him moaning again about his fucking dead wife now, which, okay, is pretty shocking. But at the same time, if he hadn't been moaning the rest of the entire book, I might have found it a little bit more... Like, there might be some more value in it. But at this point, I've already typecast him as just someone that moans about everything. <laughs> and and really, just the, the wife is just a... The cherry on the cake at this point on one big moany birthday cake. So after his wife said, he's like, oh no, I can't leave Frankenstein, my my own monster out there anymore. I've got to go and hunt him down. And this brings you on to like the third section of the book. And the third section of the book, as you can guess, Frankenstein pisses and moans about how he can't track his monster down. And then eventually... He does start to see the monster in the distance. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get this monster. I'm going to get this monster. But he always seems a little bit out of reach. I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. I can see this monster. But then he keeps he keeps running away and I can't quite catch him. And eventually he chases him up to like some frozen tundra or something. And then he's like dog sledding across the, the ice and the monster's running away from him. And then like the ice breaks and then the monster just floats off. Frankenstein himself gets picked up by boat and then he never catches the monster and he just pisses and moans about that as well and that's it that is the end of the book there is literally nothing redeeming about it all it is is one man moaning about how he created something moaning about that the thing that he created moans about that life for a bit he he nearly creates something else moans that he didn't create it moans that he couldn't catch the monster and moans that he had a shit life fuck that don't ever read Frankenstein. It's so terrible. I got you the paperback version for your birthday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Currently unread. Yeah, it is. I don't think you're going to read it, are you? I might read the first page. Then my anger will probably drift in and I'll be like, no thanks. <laughs> I don't get why it goes down as a classic. It's not a good book in any respect. It was written by uh, Mary Shelley, wasn't it? I don't give a fuck who it was written by. So I think it was touted because it was like a female author and doing a genre that wasn't normally like tapped into. So I think it got a lot of notoriety for that. But I think a lot of the time when you, you praise something for the author being sort of new and like breaking like breaking down the, the glass ceiling and all that sort of thing and, and to find conventions. I think it's easy to sometimes forget that what they do doesn't necessarily mean it's good just because of what they've done has defied what society said shouldn't be defied. Yeah. So I think that might be the case of it's tied as a classic more for what it did and who it came from as opposed to the fact that it, you know, opposed to it being an actual good book. Like the other two in that trilogy sort of stand up, they hold up. But that one, it just doesn't go anywhere either. It just rambles on for so long. Watch the movie. Ugh. There's lots of them. 
No thanks. <laughs> the book has put me off all Frankenstein-based things for life. <laughs> One day you're going to have a client at work that's going to be called Frank M. Stein. <sighs> R.L. Stein was bad enough. Oh, wasn't that movie awful? <laughs> With Jack Black playing R.L. Stein. It was terrible. It was yeah. just so boring and generic and shit. I know it wasn't for us. Like, I know we're, not the, <laughs> we're not the demographic for it, but I don't know. I don't like talking down to kids. And like, some of the voice work was awful. I think that was a problem with Frankenstein as well. The narrator wasn't particularly great. They had a bit of a boring voice to go with it. Well, classic Sleepy Night Night books. They, I wish it was, but like I found it. It angered me so much that it kept me awake. <laughs> Like, where is this fucker going? Like, come on. He's got to catch this little bastard at some point. He never does. That's, that's what fucked me off the that's, most. That's why he did the sequel. The thing is, right, Frankenstein was such a little mopey cockbag as well. It wouldn't surprise me if he just went and committed suicide right in front of Frankenstein just to be like, ha ha, you never caught me. I'm going to kill myself. Oh, yeah. actually, shit, does he do that at the end of the book? It's been a long time since I've read it. I don't know. Either way. I haven't read it. <laughs> oh, I'm not using one of my credits on that. Don't, don't. You get three books in one. And I didn't use a credit. I paid three pounds. So at least it only cost me a pound. But what it cost me in hours of life, that could never be repaid. Well, I hope you look forward to getting the hardback copy for your birthday this year. Oh, you're whomping rats. <laughs> and on that, shall we end? <laughs> Let's end. So this episode was not brought to you by Audible. Because they're not sponsoring us yet. Or by Mary Shelley. <laughs> or by Mary Shelley. And Mary Shelley's dead, so that's not going to happen. And if Audible actually listened to this, I think I've pretty much written off any future sponsorship <laughs> that we can have from them. Unless, Audible, you want to come back to me and justify why my gripes are there. They'll probably just give you an extra offer. Oh, I probably would take it. <laughs> <laughs> that's where they get you, innit? Bastards. Yeah, there's some books coming up that I will want. I just want to save some money in the meantime. For this week, let's let's leave it there. Yeah. Next week? Next week, we'll go with a surprise again. Ah. Oh, I didn't do, didn't do my clue for where I work. Oh, you get that next week as well. <laughs> it doesn't have to be every week. You established that like a couple of weeks back. So. Yeah. So you get a clue next week as well. So. What are we going to offer as a prize? A prize is you have the privilege of listening to all of the episodes again. So, it's not really a prize. Usually a prize is something you want. Well, we haven't got merch yet. I'm going to work on merch in the next couple of weeks. If you figure out where Tony works, then we'll post you a paperback copy of Frankenstein. (laughs) There you go. Signed by both of us. How about that? A signed copy of Frankenstein. But if you already know me, you're already disqualified (laughs) because you'll know where I work already. Mm. So you're disqualified already. I don't know. Any opportunity to get rid of that? No, no, no. no. (laughs) Don't deprive you of that. That that was your birthday gift. Yeah, true. I shouldn't be trying to re-gift it in front of you. (laughs) No, no. You should be a bit more subtle. I thought you were going to say grateful. No, no, I, I know that's going somewhere. <laughs> bin or someone else, but oh, we could we could throw in a uh, a William Shatner discography as well. I'm reserving that for future, right? For future prizes. <laughs> cool. We'll leave it there. Next week, we'll uh, we'll see how we go. 
Yep. For now, I'll see you in a bit. See you in a bit. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Seesaw Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Seesaw Podcast, Twitter, Seesaw Pod. You can email us at seesawpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok and Instagram at Seesaw Podcast or Seesaw Pod, depending on which one we want. But get us on the other places. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience.